Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you for listening in to Adventures in the Spirit. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends to be continually encouraged and empowered by the wonderful Holy Spirit. I also want to let you know that we released a free e-course available now on charismacourses.com. It is my passion to talk about the Holy Spirit and to teach and activate you into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. If you or someone you know needs to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, or if you want to grow and know more on this biblical truth, then register today for this free e-course on charismacourses.com, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the Scripture, but also what He is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the Scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. Dr. Steve Green is the publisher of Charisma, Ministry Today, Spirit-Led Woman, and Christian Retailing Magazines. He received his doctorate in marketing from Memphis State University and has served as a dean of the College of Business and a professor of marketing at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. While in Tulsa, he also served as senior pastor of Bixby Community Church. Dr. Green has owned restaurants, a national advertising agency, and a syndicated market research firm. He is a nationally known speaker and trainer in the fields of marketing and leadership. He has been married to Annette since 1973, and they have two children and three grandchildren. His podcast, Green Lines, is on the Charisma Podcast Network at www.cpnshows.com. Dr. Green, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. Well, it's great to be with you, Jared. I like turning the tables and being on the other side. I've had the honor of interviewing you a couple times, and now I, uh, you're going to get back at me. Yes, sir. It's my pleasure. I'm excited for this. Like you said, you've interviewed me twice, and it is an honor to have you on Adventures in the Spirit today and everything that you do at Charisma Media. Thank you so much for that, leading millions of people into the Word of God and the spiritual empowerment. Uh, just what you guys do is phenomenal, so thank you so much for that. Thank you, Jared. We really do take it as a mission. We like to say that we're 100% uh, mission-focused and 100% business-focused. I don't know how the math works there, but we give both everything we've got. We have to run it like a business, but at the same time, it really is a ministry. Yes, sir, it is. And it has enhanced my ministry, Fireboard Ministries, since moving my previous podcast over and rebranding it on CPN shows. And I love writing the articles. And now with the e-course, it's amazing just seeing what God is doing through you guys at Charisma Media. So thank you, man. 
Well, I'm sure glad we have people like you that uh, want to work with us, that feel mission-driven. What we like are the kind of numbers we're getting, the amount of people that we're blessing, brother, that come in to listen to your podcast, to listen to all of our podcasts on CPN. We think that I mean, we're doing something now that we had no idea God was going to bless to the number and degree that it has in a relatively short period of time. And we just are continuing to look for more opportunities. I, I know this about our readers and listeners, that they're very hard to, to uh, get enough. You know, to, I, I don't want to say satisfied because we're satisfied. But when I hear from them, they always want more. What are you doing next? Uh, how many more of these can I get? When are you going to write your next book? It's always, uh, they're insatiable. And isn't that great that we have an audience that says, give me more. And uh, wouldn't, I know as a pastor, I always wanted my congregation to want more and they just wanted to go to lunch. <laughs> you know? That, I understand. You know, I mean that tongue in cheek, but still, there's only so much we can take in a single bound. Yes, and I tried to pastor it before. I went from youth ministry to pastor it, but now, and that didn't work out, but yeah. um, through a whole series of negative events. And, I'm sorry. But now I'm doing what God has called me to do. You know, it's, it's amazing just how he, he closes one door and he opens up this massive door of opportunity for his glory. Yeah, and look at you now. Look at the footprint. You know, I, I look at the fact that, well, like, I averaged 15,000 a day over the weekend. We'll be over four on my show, over 420,000 for the month. And, you know, I don't get to talk to that many people when I'm pastoring. You know, I help people in a different way, but still, you know, we have a big influence in what we write, our books, our articles for Charisma Magazine, for Charisma News Online, that I just know a lot of people are hearing it, whether, whether I'm writing well or not, I have a big audience. And I never thought that when I left ORU to come here. I never had an idea about numbers. I've never been a numbers guy, even though I'm a marketer. You know, I've worked in broadcast television. I've owned restaurants. We've, we've just done so many things. And, and that tells you I'm old. Not necessarily good, but old. And I've, I've done a lot. And God has taught me from each one of those things. And now I'm here at a time such as this, like we all like to say, I've been prepared for that and was not prepared for the kind of numbers we're seeing. I'm blessed, I'm super blessed, I'm happy, and, and intimidated and humbled to try to satisfy everyone and to do the kind of work that's worthy of an audience. Awesome, awesome. Yes, it, it is encouraging getting the numbers and seeing people, or even having people start emailing and giving us testimonies. This is Adventures in the yeah. Spirit, and so we love to hear your story of how God got a hold of your life or even of healings and miracles or just, you know, adventures in the Holy Spirit. That's what this show is all about. So how did, how did you become a Christian? Well, that's a great question. It's a, a real good series of questions that you'll take me through. You know, I started, uh, I, I had a Lois in my life, a grandmother who uh, picked us up and took us to church when we were real little. I'm talking elementary school and uh, I was water baptized. I, I did what they asked me to do. I went down front. I did the appropriate things my grandmother would ask me to do. But I, I, I suppose, because I prayed the sinner's prayer when I was saved then. But then, you know, I went to high school, college, got married very young at 19. And after that, uh, we had developed a relationship with, uh, with a couple that we had known and liked. And 
they got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, they talked to us about it, and it happened to me very radically. Me and my wife together praying in one of those old Holy Spirit filled rooms. You know, you you pray, uh, you accept Jesus in your life, and you go in and back and sit in a room, and they talk to you and explain the baptism. And it was kind of old school, charismatic. This was in the seventies. It was radical. It was so different from what I felt as a twelve year old. Even though I I believe that I was saved then, my life changed at nineteen and a half, somewhere in there. And it, it just was, uh, you know, I was ready to go to Africa. It's what so many people I prayed with that were young said, you know, within a month, they want to go somewhere. They want to go be, make disciples. My pastor said, just, let's just take care of a zip code, and then we'll talk to you about Africa. You know, he was very grounded. He said, I want to see you in church every year training. You want to be trained to be a missionary? Then every time this door is open, you be here, and you listen. And our church was large. We were growing. It was in Baton Rouge where this happened. And I had a great teaching pastor. It was amazing. I got really well grounded. You know, I have a call in my life as a teacher. I didn't know that um, at the time. I became a college university professor, did all the undergraduate work, master's and doctorate. And through that time, began teaching Sunday schools and small groups. And really, as an associate pastor in several churches, as God moved us, I continually found myself behind a pulpit as a teacher. And that's where I thought my office was going to be until he called me the pastor. So it, it's been a long journey. I mean, I'm 67. I started really working hard for the Lord at 19. And, you know, along the way, I've had doldrums. I've had a lot of highs and lows, like all of us. But the highs now in the, these later years of my life are so significant because I'm helping so many more people. And, you know, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I didn't take a salary as a pastor for 10 years. I, had, I was working at ORU. I've always had a vocation. And I think that's sort of New Testament oriented. It's what we see. And every workman's worthy of his labor. You know, he's worth, worthy to be paid. There's different ways of getting paid now and, and ways of making it work. But I'm just thankful that I have people that want my help. Amen. You know, and that's where I feel the most connected to the Lord is when I'm helping them. And it's where I hear the Holy Spirit that I, you know, Jared, I, I tend to work more with business people. You know, I, I believe that I'm a business pastor, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very much a, an evangelical charismatic pastor. You know, I, I know evangelical is used in a different way here, but I evangelize as well as teach and help young people. I've, I've had a career of working with 18 to 23 year olds, somewhere in there. I've worked with MBA students. I've worked with doctoral students. And, you know, I, I like all of that, Jared. At the same time, what I, what I really want to be able to do is make a difference in their lives spiritually and make an impact in businesses in a spiritual way. And I'll tell you more about that if you want to get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go there. Well, I'll go there. Um, Oral Roberts told me that he was called to lay hands on the sick. And... When I shook his hand, first of all, it took me a while to find my hand again after it was buried in that big old hand of his. But I, I've always felt, I was trained as a consultant, you know, in, in academia, you get that, you, you become consultative oriented. And so while teaching, I had consulting clients. And very soon I realized that I had two things I could bring a client. I could bring in my consulting ability, which I refer to 
as a medical doctor would if he sat across from you, diagnosed you, and gave you pills. Mm. You know, give you something to do. So my gift would be given to them and try to do all I could do to help the business. The other would be to simply pray it in to lay hands on a sick business as or Robert's laid hands on sick people. I believe I was called to lay hands on sick businesses. And, and that would include ministries. And as you do that, you impart it. And so you can be a practicing physician or you can be an imparting physician. And I believe the same thing can happen sometimes when you least expect it, it, if the heart of the business owner is right toward God, I believe that I can go in and have it imparted. Don't need much work. You know, we just need to ask God to take over and make sure that the business owner is listening to the Lord and doing what's expected of them. And that's a long process. That's not that easy. So when you put those together, we do this very much in uh, the way that we podcast, the way we help people become podcasters. We have to help you be successful as a podcaster in order to call us a successful podcast network. Right. Our job has to be to help you all succeed. And success is so, I mean, God wants that. He, he wants us to have the desires of our heart. He wants us to succeed. And my work, everything I do every day is designed to, did I make our, our team better? Uh, did every divine appointment, did I deposit something that the Holy Spirit gave me to deposit? Then I give somebody something that the Holy Spirit said to give me. So that's where the Holy Spirit works with me, Jared, more than any other way. How do I hear God? Almost always I'm with someone who's trying to help their business. And I get it. I get this anointing. Just like when you're preaching, sometimes you're off notes. Right. You know, you're prepared. You're always in that pulpit prepared and ready to go. And you've got a nice set of notes. And then sometimes those notes just are not it. They're not all of it. There's some of it. And we go, and we, and we know we're in the anointing, and, and we hope to not make a whole lot of mistakes when we're in the anointing in what we have to say. And so I, I use that analogy only to say, that's how I hear the Holy Spirit, is when I get these nudges to give this advice, to give this counsel. You know, good counsel comes with many counselors. Right. And I always ask people, are you asking help from people who seek God? Before someone should come to me and say, I need your help, they should be asking me that question. How's your prayer life? How do you hear from God? Are you hearing from God? How dare I give you my opinion on how you should do better for the Lord? I, I need to hear that from the Holy Spirit. So when I get these unctions, sometimes it unsettles people because I feel things. You might call it a word of knowledge. We might call it a, a gift. I, I just call it hearing God. And when I ask him, help me to help this person I'm getting some intel a little right. bit. And, and in doing that, it really gets people's attention. So I hope that's not too long a story to try to explain it. But all I'm trying to do is hear God to help. That's it. I, I don't, I'm not going to God as a vending machine, except as I try to help others. I try to vend what the Holy Spirit wants for other people. I love that. I mean, you're speaking, you're hearing from God. Yes. He's giving you those unctions. You sense the anointing. And then you're able to speak prophetically to people into their lives, into their businesses, yeah. and then they're released or God, God empowers them and then they become successful. Yeah. It's almost they're, like a, a transference, if you will. Yeah, that's it. And you know, what, what's so amazing about it is I never use the word prophetic. I know that it is, but 
they're coming to me to get an answer for their business. And what's amazing is when we get the prophetic word from God on what you need to do next for your business. Now I'm a marketer. Now I'll go back to my business uh, element and the gift that God gave me as a businessman. And, and they're amazed that they increase sales. Things are going better for them, that they solve problems. Like I didn't do anything except operating my gift, listen for the anointing, trying to hear what God's saying about it. And I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect listener or a perfect speaker, but I, I like the percentages that when I have God on my side and I've got a listener sitting in the other seat, someone who's willing to hear God and not just uh, the physicians writing a prescription and say, take this drug, feel better in the morning. You know, I'd rather say, pray more, get closer to the Lord and try some of these things that I believe the Lord's saying to me for you. So there's no formula here except get closer to God and listen. I love that. That is so good. And you've been at Charisma for about how long? A little over five years, about five and a half. Five years. So at Charisma for the last five, five and a half years or so, what are some of the miracle stories or some of the, you know, just something that the Holy Spirit has done through you? Maybe it was in the studio or through your marketing. What miracles have you seen God do through your ministry at Charisma? You know, I see miracles in my calling. I've been a pastor for a long time. I've laid hands on a lot of folks. I don't have a big miracle report to give you, except that I believe in physical bodily healing. I've seen it. I've seen it done on platforms from others with that gift. I will never shy away from laying hands on you with 100% faith that you'll be healed. I have no doubt. I just haven't seen it. I haven't had reports back on my own gift of being able to lay hands on the sick and pray them through. At least they don't report back to me because I don't, most of them I don't see again. And I don't, I don't need it. I know God's got it. But what I have seen is in my anointing where I've seen businesses have miracles, where real success has come, where there was nothing there. You know, there was no podcast network here when I arrived. God brought it. You know, he brought a change agent through me and God brought it in and we have it. We brought many digital products. We've had success in a lot of areas that God has used me to help. But remember, I, I don't have it. I'm not it. No more than man heals do I fix. Yes. So I'll, I'll give godly advice, which I've been given, and, and then pray it in and give good advice as we go along the way. I'll do good consulting meetings, all of which is just going back for more prayer, going back to, to God again. For, okay, we've done this, now what? You know, what's the next step? So that's a process. It's a path. God loves us to be on a path, not on a, okay, get everything you need, now go away. You know, he wants us to continue to be dependent and not independent. A quick healing, a quick fix to me, it seems like we get independent and we think, okay, I got it. It's all me now. I, I did that. I got that going. I try to lose the word I. I'm not successful at it. You know, every now and then I get haughty. You think that I've given good advice and I get corrected on it like all of us need to be and realize that our giver, the person who gives me the gift to be able to sit in front of you is the one who's doing the work and That's is right. giving me the, the unction, the anointing, the powerful uh, move, the Holy Spirit to draw people under that business to make things happen in a marketing way. So Jared, I'm going to say that most every miracle I've seen, I've seen miracles in Zimbabwe, when I ministered there, of amazing kind in entrepreneurship. I laid hands on a lot of folks. We saw a lot of folks fall out. You know, I just 
lay hands on them. My wife was with me and she was working in cholera camps and trying to help as a nurse. But we saw a lot of things happen. But I want to tell you, I had a two-week ministry there in entrepreneurship and business for Zimbabweans. And when we saw people fall out, they were getting a gift of business and entrepreneurship, not so much healing. Uh, you know, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There were all the things that we'd want to see spiritually, but they were getting that. But now they were getting what they needed to sustain life, and that's financial ability to make a business, to make something happen for their lives. And very tough economy and very tough yeah. place to live to do that. So I, I can only report to you over about 40, 45 years of praying over people, of seeing the biggest results I see are in my gift. It, it's, yeah. uh, it doesn't stop me from praying for the others, but those are the ones I've seen. I think that that is very important for us to stay in our lane and yeah. in our gift. Now, you mentioned something that I think is very important about helping people overseas or just even here. Yes. How ministries, especially during this current season that we're in, this pandemic. Yes. Churches need to step into creativity, ingenuity, into new models, new methods. You know, it's, it's a completely new shift right now. I have people who ask me for money and I'm sorry, I am unable to, but God created people to be creative. So I encourage people come up with a business concept, a micro yeah. business concept. Even churches, I think can do movies. They could, you know, movie nights, uh, just people pay a couple of dollars. Dr they could parking lots of churches could have drive in movies nowadays right now. Would you encourage people who maybe they, they're stuck in a, traditional model of church, how would you encourage them to think outside the box, especially now? Well, you're on it. You're saying the kind of things I would say is first pray for witty inventions, pray for creative ideas and witty inventions. It's, we do it a lot. I'll use that language because it's Bible. And it sounds kind of funny, but the Lord, you know, he made us in his image, right? We all agree with that. Yep. And he, he is a creator. He, we, we start the Bible. We start our introduction to God, learning about how he created. That's our first words. If we start every January to read the Bible all the way through, we start with creation. And then we tend to forget about it in our problem solving, that God's a great creator, gives us good ideas, gives us unction. And what I believe more than anything else is that we're in a time period now, and I think COVID's going to release that as we see the aftermath. We're going to see, in fact, here's, here's some good evidence. I just read it over the weekend. I don't have the stat, but it was like 80% of all the businesses that started and are thriving, they're in the fortune, the Forbes 100. It's one of them, one of the two. They all started just after 9-11. Wow. Within like 30 days of 9-11, they came out of that thinking, I don't want to go back to that. I want to do this. I've got to I got to try something new. I think the Holy Spirit speaking to people all over our country right now, all over the world about something new. There's a new wave coming. It's not, it's, yes, it's a new normal. We're all using those words a lot, but it's also the creative unction that maybe God's been trying to get our attention. Why is it going to happen? I think we've been quiet. I think we've been locked up in our homes or some places for three, four, five weeks and hearing the Lord. That happened after 9-11. There was a lot of quiet. There was a lot of introspection, a lot of prayer time, a lot of hearing God. Well, if we slow down and we hear him, I think we're going to hear, I want you to do your own thing. I want you to start this ministry or this business or this idea to where you will have 
the capacity to perform at a high level and create more wealth for yourself and for the kingdom. Amen. I love that. Yeah. I know for me in this current situation, like I, I started live streaming right before the national emergency here in the United States was declared. And there's this huge response to the live stream. And now I've been like, my ministry is picked up. I've written yeah. more. I'm, I'm writing two books, yeah. uh, released the e-course baptism with the Holy spirit on charismacourses.com, releasing more two podcast episodes a week. I know you release one every day, yes, but for me, I do twice a week right now. And I'm just releasing more and more content. It, I really feel like I'm where God wants me to be. Like you mentioned earlier in the anointing, you know, when you're anointed, I yeah. feel like for me, God opened up these doors for such a time as this for me to actually be in what he originally created me to be. in. I, it's amazing. You know, I really feel, <laughs> but I've also seen people step back. I've seen promotions, but I've mm -hmm. seen demotions. There, there are unfortunately ministries and churches I would have thought would be leading in this hour, but they're cowering. But yes. then there are others that have stepped up. Have you seen that on your end? I have. And a lot of it, I think, is exactly what we've talked about. It's they're hearing God and God's taking them in another direction and they're retreating a little bit, you know, come you into a desert place. And let me talk to you. You know, retreat a little bit, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Retreat, regroup, relaunch. You know, think about what God really wants from your ministry, from who you are and how you're doing it. It's forcing people to really look at, am I trying to effort my way into this? Or is you probably feel the most loose you felt in your career that you're doing what God wants you to do and it's easy. I, what, what I mean yeah. by loose is yeah. you're not, this is not hard. Absolutely. I'm putting a lot of hours in, yes, but it's it's relatively, I'm, I feel okay. It's easy. I, I don't want to use that word too lightly, but I really feel like I'm, I've just got so much help. Like there's a, there's a lot of spiritual unction to go with it, you know, to move it. And I think that's what we're all looking for as pastors. Our job in, with a great big church or a medium or little one uh, should be equally easy, depending upon our resources. As we grow, we get more resources. As we're small, we do more, but we have the grace for it. God has graced us to be able to, to have the spiritual power to do what we're assigned to do. Right. God never calls me into something he hasn't gifted me to do, and then he doesn't leave me graceless. I love that. You know, if we, if we lose grace, we're missing God somewhere because he's going to, we, we have his grace. Where have I missed him? When it gets hard and I'm kicking open doors, I've got to really find a self-isolation booth for a while and figure it out. It's just more prayer, more figuring. And, and what am I missing? And most, for most of us, we get too busy to listen to God. Right. We just get busy. We get caught up with our to-do list, with our technology, with all the things that we think we've got to do. I just want to start every day dependent. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, man. I heard it on a podcast recently, and I thought, you know, I pray that, but I pray it in a different way. I'm going to be real direct. I, I need the Holy Spirit in my life right now. Oh, I love that so much. That is so good. Um, you just recently released Love Leads, your new book, Love Leads. And I know, personally, this book was saturated in prayer. Yes, just sir. reading this, I could sense the anointing, the, the presence of God all over this book. And, and I, I've mentioned to you before, I think this should be required reading 
at Bible colleges, at leadership programs. How did the Holy Spirit lead you to write that book, Love Leads? You know, I'm an academic, so I've been asked for the four decades I was in a college classroom, when are you going to write your book? And I said, never. I'm not going to write a book. My college students are my books. I've got thousands of college grads running around this country and around the world, thanks to ORU, that are my book. Everything I had, I gave them. And I felt like, man, I've got a library full of books of young people that I've poured into, given them everything that God has given me and all that I've learned in business experiences. I've got all those books. Then I got to Charisma, and I was sitting with one of our owners, uh, our uh, CFO, Joy Strang, Steve's wife, who's very involved in this business and is an owner. And she said, I think you should write your book. Now, I was already feeling it. I was starting to feel when I got here that I should do that because we're book publishers and I feel like I'm in a different job. And, you know, academics wanted me to write. I just never had the leading. I was never led to for the reasons I told you. Because it takes so much time away from your students and away from your work. So she said, do it. And I knew what the topic was. I knew I was going to write in leadership and that I felt like the one thing missing was the big sea change in leadership now, instead of being a strong leader, be a loving leader. Yes. Loving leaders are very strong, but not in the strong, you know, fist pounding the desk kind of strong, intimidation, uh, fear, threats. If you can't do it, I'll get somebody that can. You know, that kind of boss. I, I had those all my life. Yeah. And I never respected it, never wanted it. I think I was a millennial when I was born <laughs> as a boomer. I was a late boomer, so maybe I was a just an early millennial because I didn't like any of that. And you can't lead, you know, we've got 87 million cohort of millennials and the Gen Z that comes after them that still has a lot of those same behavioral traits as a cohort. Uh, the Gen Z kids that are in their 20s and younger now, young 20s and younger, they don't want to be yelled at. They don't want to be intimidated. They don't want to work in a place of fear. They want to be led with love. Love still holds people accountable. Love's not weak. Yes. Love is really a strong leadership style. But in very, very, I, I just never saw Jesus do anything but lead with love. I don't right. find another example. Yeah, we all know that he, he went into the temple and made a little mess there because they weren't listening to him. But again, I don't think he moved out of, out of anger. He just wanted that stuff out of the temple. You know, so he's moving it out. Was he throwing people? No. Did he demean people? Even when he was criticizing the, the disciples that he taught and, and taught and taught, you know, is it time for another boat ride, fellas? We only know for sure he took them on two boat rides, but I think there were a lot of them because those guys got finished with boat rides with Jesus. You know, they didn't know what they're going to have to do next because they were being corrected. They were being taught. They were being loved. And almost always you'll notice at the end of a, a time with them, they go on to the next mission. So many leaders don't do that. They don't talk to people about their next mission. What comes next? We, we got here. Correct, correct, correct. Let's go. Now let's get back to work. It's always future. You're always, you know, my whole legacy needs to be, how did I help someone become what God saw in them? I oh, need to see so that. So good. I Can you say that again? Yes, Jared. Some people are known for the buildings they build or P&Ls, their great inventions or whatever. I, all I want to know it be known as is someone who saw my gift and helped me to use it. And, and so I became what, yes, I had to tell them it was there. I had to keep telling them it was there. That's leadership. 
Keep speaking life into the people that you lead, and they'll become who God made them to become. So many people in our lives tell us what we're not. When God said we are, and who do we believe? We tend to believe man a lot more than we believe God, saying, I made you for this. You know it. Your heart's saying. It's like he trained me to be a classical pianist, and then I get out there, and I go, never mind. You don't, you don't get to play piano. Well, was God tricking me all my life to get me ready for piano and then say, just kidding. You're not going to play piano. I'm doing what God has called me all my life and what I knew I would be end up doing somehow, you know, around what I thought. And then it's just used in different ways as I've advanced in my career. But still, we have to speak into the lives every day of the people around us because they need reminded, they need to be encouraged, and they need to be led in their gifts. As you said real early in this podcast, to keep us all in our lanes. You know, everybody that has a gift wants somebody else's gift. Right. You know, prophets want to be musicians. Musicians want to be preachers. And yeah, we need to be what God made us to be and be really, really good at that. And just go deep in it and let God just continue to slow cook us in our giftings. I I hope that that makes sense, brother. Yes, sir. It does. Your book, Love Leads. I loved it so much. I mean, I I sat down, I read it through once, like in in almost one sitting. It it was just twice that I read it through. Thanks. And it was, it was amazing. And I love how you are practical, you are relevant, and it is to be grounded and rooted in God's love. Yes, because sir. some, a lot, honestly, a lot of Christian leadership books leave out love. Yes, sir. They're great when it comes to strategies and methods, but they leave out the key thing of love. So that's why I want to recommend yep. Love Leads to anybody, everybody. Well, thank you for that. I'm honored that you even read it. Thank you. I just really believe that we've all got to understand that if we have, there's a line in that book. That if we, if we don't have love, what do we have? You know, if, if God is love and we don't have love, what do we have to offer anyone? Right. What, what do I have to give you if I'm absent love? I have nothing. Just words that are going to die. It's just very temporary things. You know, an idea that'll last about as long as the next sunset. You know, we, we've got to do all that we can do to grow love. And that means it's patient and kind all the first Corinthians 13 There's one whole chapter on it that we've got to have all those characteristics of love in our leadership characteristics. You know, we, we should act, we should look a whole lot like first Corinthians 13, Yes, which is also still very uh, accountable. You know, we, we have to be accountable for what God's asked us to do because God tells us that we're going to give an account for everything we've done. Right. I'm going to give an account. This is what scares me for every word that I've spoken in my life. I'll give an account for it. Well, why wouldn't me me as a business leader hold people accountable? God is love and he's going to hold me accountable. There is an accountability. If, if I love people, we're going to give account for it. That doesn't mean I'm going to fire you or you're in trouble now. You know, it means we're going to give an account for it and we're going to make corrections. We're going to fix it. We're going to move on. And, and I have very few times in my life had to let someone go very few times because I hire well, I train well, and I motivate and try to lead them in such a way that, you know, it all starts with good hiring and, and good training and recruiting. But brother, it also requires day-to-day discipline and coaching and, and love to help people get to their strength. And that takes a lot of words of life. What are words of life? And make me better. Yeah. You know, I just like to ask people, are you better than where I found you? And as long as I'm hearing yes, I feel like I'm honoring God. 
Awesome. Thank you so very much. One final question. Yes, sir. What book or books are you currently reading right now? Oh, my. I've got several that are open on my desk at home. The one I'm most excited about is, is on writing. And it's a, it's a, a writing book. I can't call the name of it. I'm, although I'm, I'm reading book, I can open my phone and tell you what I'm looking at because I've got them on a list. But I read three books a week, so I've always wow. got something working. And I, I'm really excited about the books I've got right now. I'm actually reading, there, there was a book written about improving performance of business decision-making with some of what we learned. And don't misunderstand this, I'm not a poker player. But poker decision-making is all relative to playing what science tells us. What are the, the odds and not the results? Because if you start managing based on results, you're going to miss what you're going to start trying to do things to get the result. That, does that make sense? Yeah. I've, got to, I've got to manage this unto the outcome where we need to manage in the percentages of what does the marketplace look like? What should we be doing? What's the right thing? And overall, you know, God will bless that. That if I get out here on a wild idea of this is what I think is going to work because it worked for me last time. How many businesses fail or managers fail because they're trying to do what they did last time? Remember what David did after he won a battle? He didn't go fight that next battle the same way. He went up and asked for God. Yeah. You know, what do you want me to do today? Could we all do that? It's Not good. depend on what I did last week, but go to God this week and say, all right, it's a new project. It looks the same. I think I could beat those bad guys the same way, but I better go up and check with God. And when we do that, I think we get more opportunity to not be so much result focused as we are process focused, staying with God, trusting and having faith in God that it will work out because God's got me. Awesome. What is the best way that people can get a hold of you or your ministry if they have questions or need uh, consulting? Thank you. It's drsteve.green at charismamedia.com. One more time, drsteve.green at charismamedia.com. That's the best way to get me. That was Dr. Steve Green of Charisma Media and also author of Love Leads. I want to encourage everybody, purchase that book. Get one for you. Get one for your friends. Get one for your coworkers. Dr. Green, thank you so much for being on Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you, Jared, for the job you're doing, for honoring God by doing what you're called to do. Stay in your calling, stay in that path, and just keep believing, brother. You're so such a gift to the kingdom. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. The is it morning yet deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.